T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. And um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Saturday Suckage on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We suck so you don't have to, and nothing's more perfect for Saturday Suckage than the inexcusable Mitch Trubisky being named Bears starting quarterback. Saturday Suckage, indeed. Hi, Mark. Steve, I think I like this decision a little bit better than you do. Uh, That's the indication that I'm getting from your earlier tweet and from your opening (laughs) statements of the show. Really? You just just figured that out, huh? I got a little feeling. (laughs) I got a little feeling. And Stevie Sunshine, let me put some sunshine into your coffee because I could see that it is empty and old and it is not warmed up enough. Whatever the case may be, and I'm talking about your coffee, not coffee. you, Steve. No, yeah, it's I, coffee. I could be, I, I'm happily Put admitting that coffee to being, down. Yeah, coffee is for Coffee's closes. Coffee's for closes only. Man, Studs is ready to go. I yeah, love it. Damn, damn right. Hey, man, forget, forget about all of the tired narratives that we, and I say that collectively, we as a Bears media have been putting out there like, Foles is better off the bench, and Trubisky is good in Detroit. The reason, the number one reason that this is a good decision, I think, 
is because this is it, man. Last call for Trubisky. He has sounded differently in this offseason, this preseason, whatever you want to call it, on Zoom in terms of knowing that this is it for him and talking a little bit tougher as opposed to just giving the same trite lines over and over. So maybe he plays that way. And then if he doesn't, Steve, he can come out after a half or a full game, and then apparently you'll be happy. You're right. Okay, guess what? This is this is the opposite of what Matt Nagy tells his quarterbacks to do. He doesn't. This is check down depth chart. This is nothing more than a safety play, a defensive play. This is just throwing the two-yard pass to get two yards. This is not going downfield. This is not being aggressive. This is nothing like what the head coach wants his quarterbacks to do. Because they've seen everything Mitch Trubisky could offer. And meanwhile, on the day that Mitch Trubisky, or the weekend that he has named the starting quarterback of the Bears, Deshaun Watson gets a record contract. Right after Pat Mahomes gets a record contract and a Super Bowl ring and an MVP and the guy Ryan Pace wasted draft capital on to move up in the draft 2017 draft and ignore two good talents and take this waste of space, you have him named in a defensive move by the coach. Why would anybody think the coach wants somebody to be aggressive when he's not aggressive himself? Matt, um, Matt Nagy has, has talked about how he wants his quarterbacks to go downfield. And he's also talked about how nobody's really stood out. The one thing we know about Mitch Trubisky is he's a practice quarterback. He can dazzle you in practice. He cannot transfer it to a game. He cannot, has not become master of any coverages. He has not become able to learn how to learn at the NFL level. Not much has changed. And here the Bears are sticking with that inexcusable excuse for an NFL quarterback instead of being aggressive the way the coach wants to. How do you square my thoughts with what you just told me? Well, first of all, the the narrative of him being a good practice quarterback has not been sounded off as much throughout this camp and this offseason program. In other words, we haven't heard Mitch Trubisky, or excuse me, Matt Nagy, raving about really either of these guys in practice, and in particular Mitch Trubisky, and I think that's by design. And I also think that it had been by design in some cases that they would pump up Trubisky's confidence in the past by saying, oh man, his practice was great. Everything is great. Look at Mitch. Everything is about him. The backup quarterback is about him. And this entire offseason was more about not Mitch. It was, we're bringing it. We're going to pay pretty good coin to bring in a backup quarterback. We're going to have a what we're calling a legit 50-50 competition. We are, we are not going to pick up your fifth-year option. So they stripped everything out from under him um, this offseason. So that, that has not been around. The 100% behind Mitch thing still isn't going on, even though he was named the starting quarterback for this first game. Now, what has to get better, and this, this goes further to your point, the, the stat that pops off the page to me in terms of where Mitchell Trubisky and this offense in general must get better 
And you can look at any number of bad stats for the Bears, but it's the five <laughs> point, right? I mean, it's true. They were in the basement last year. Oh, yeah. 5.8 yards per play. That's the one. Like, pick your stat. Which one do you want? Do you, if you can only pick one, that's the one. 5.8 yards per play. That's got to get better. And here you go, Stevie Sunshine. If that doesn't get better, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week. I think it was you and I. He could be out after a half or it could be one game. I think he'll get a full game. I think it was you who said probably a half. And that look, they've they've got a backup now. They've got a guy who who they are might still be itching to put in the second things go badly for Trubisky. And if things don't go badly, then you're in really good shape. So I think this kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Well, here's another reason I think it's a very def- it's a check down depth chart kind of move that he doesn't win it decisively despite having all the advantage. Mr. Biskey had every advantage coming in because there's no games, there were no OTAs, there was nothing. Mitch organized his own practice sessions with his own receivers that he's known longer, and he did not win it decisively. So what does that tell you about Mitch Trubisky's improvement? It tells me there's been none of it, which makes the decision even more inexcusable since you already know what he's going to give you. But the idea that... um, that he could be replaced by a guy that he's goes to the idea and maybe it was part of the narrative true or not but it was also brought up it's easier to bench not bench Foles. it's easier to make Foles the backup and expect him to come in and play than to make trubisky the backup and expect him to play because you think you might lose him again that's a another defensive decision or or another angle that i think is defensive about this decision by Matt Nagy, a guy who wants his quarterbacks to be aggressive, and he's not in his decision about quarterbacks. I just see all kinds of stuff wrong. Oh my God! This could be a world into a record. This is this is our caller sounder, our breaking caller sounder. We have a breaking caller alert. Trash Panda, who's now back with us, he got demoted again to the show. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Mitch had to bring me back here. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. So the caller, Joe in Lakeview, I'm going to say is in disagreement with Steve and a little more on Mark's side about this one. Well, I'm sorry that he loses. Do Hi, we have Joe. do we have pregame pregame shows for our callers now? Studzinski giving the quick pregame show, and now I love that idea. I love that because we have caller. We actually we have caller openings when Toby calls. There's an opening somewhere that Brett Lyons made for him. He's the only caller that gets his own open. We should have caller pregame shows. I love that. Jesus. All right, Joe. So waste our airtime. Well, I just got to say, I've never felt more special in my entire life. So thanks a lot. That's what we do here. We're pleasers, not teasers. Well, I just want to say, I hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. But, uh, look, I've been a lifelong Bears fan, and I've never been a a huge fan of the decisions that that they have made, especially at the quarterback position. I think we can all agree on that. However, I do believe that this is the right decision. Now, you guys – mentioned before that he was never able to actually translate that play into a game, and that's false. When he was healthy this past season, that game against Dallas, when they were red hot on Monday Night Football, he came in and looked like he could have been the MVP of the league that night. So so what I, what I just want to say with this is that I don't believe that 
this is all the blame on Mitch Trubisky and his ability to read defenses and perform. No. What I think that this is a combination of is, quite honestly, terrible offensive line play over the last, I mean, I mean, look what happened to Jake Cutler. I mean, the guy almost got, got killed, okay? But I also think that it's really difficult without knowing what that line is going to look like to put a guy like Nick Foles back there who's not a very mobile guy. And in his last couple, you know, with his last couple teams, he has been awful. So, and, and most of that is because of mobility. So I don't see how we could not give Mitch the opportunity based on where he was drafted and, and, and say, hey, look, you're either going to be the franchise guy or you're not. You can't tell that if he's on the bench. So I think that with his mobility, I think without a doubt, he gives the Bears the best chance this year. And you know what? If it doesn't pan out that way, at least we got to see. And that was the point I wanted to make. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, and now for the thanks, post-game Joe. show. All right, let's do the post-game. Steve, you want to start the post-game here for that call? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff wrong with that. The Dallas Cowboys were not hot coming in. The Dallas Cowboys had lost two games. The Patriots beat them. The Bills beat them. They were a 500 team when the Bears beat them. So that's that. Next thing is the idea that you defer to Mitch's draft status. You know what deferring to draft status is? When you look at Patrick McCombs, you can give him a – record contract because he won an MVP and a Super Bowl. And then you defer to draft status when you look at Deshaun Watson and give him a record quarterback better than Mahomes because you realize what a talent he is. They were taken after Trubisky. If you defer to Mitch's draft status, you look at it and say, what a disaster as the second overall pick. How does this general manager still have his job? How does this quarterback still has his, have his job? And as far as Mitch being mobile and running and all that, the coach has said recently in this competition that he liked Mitch staying in the pocket more, that he wasn't being flushed out of the pocket. This is exactly what we heard last year going and about the opener in Green Bay when he tried to make a pocket quarterback out of him, and it was a disaster. There's everything wrong with this decision because this coach hasn't learned how to coach this quarterback who may be totally uncoachable in the NFL. We know that Foles is not. That's why this is a disastrous decision. Yeah, but as for the offensive line comment, I like this. I hadn't really thought about that angle that you still don't like if the offensive line is what it was like last year and it was not good last year. A lot of a lot of penalties, a lot of leaks. It was good two years ago. So maybe they are taking a couple games to see, okay, we have Jermaine Effetti here. We've got the configuration we want with Cody White here at full season at center. James Daniels back to guard. Let's see if Charles Leno is back to being himself as opposed to making penalties. And Bobby Massey, hopefully he's still sturdy at the at the right tackle spot. So maybe they maybe they are thinking, although they're not telling, they don't want Mitch to run. You're right. But he can. And if he needs to escape, and if the offensive line is bad early, then he is a guy who obviously is more capable than Nick Foles of running out of there. As for the Dallas game, you're right, Steve. Dallas was not hot, but that was the blueprint. That was the blueprint for Trubisky in in that he was throwing well and and he was running well in situations where it was warranted, where he had a couple of big-time runs in that contest. That was the blueprint, and there wasn't enough of that throughout the season. So that takes a point away from the caller here on our caller post-game show. I do want to circle back to what you were saying, Steve, and that was the fact that you said this was a defensive move 
by Matt Nagy. I guess I don't understand why you would think that he would be motivated to be defensive when he loves Nick Foles. He loves, we know he loves Nick Foles. We know the coaching staff loved Nick, loves Nick Foles. So do you not trust that Matt Nagy believes that Foles is not quite ready yet to lead this offense? Yes, I don't know that he, I, I, I most coaches look at the, the default position. They, they, a lot of them look at the ceiling, I mean the floor instead of the ceiling, and I just think it's okay if we do this, I can always yank Mitch and bring in Foles and that'll be okay. I know Foles won't be lost if I make him the backup to start with, Mitch might be lost. And again, it, it involved, it looks like to me, it's a decision based on a form of coddling or taking in some soft psyche. And hmm. I just think- I think we're beyond that, man. I think we're beyond that. I think that that, I think you could have said that at any point in time throughout Mitch Trubisky's tenure up until this offseason, the coddling. I mean, didn't the coddling end when they brought in Nick Foles, when they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, when he was essentially put on warning? Not only did they bring in Nick Foles, but he's everybody's favorite guy on that coaching staff. He's the great guy. He's the guy who won the Super Bowl. So I, I don't see where the coddling has occurred for Trubisky at any point in time. And I don't think like, why would you protect his psyche at this point? And if you were going to protect his psyche, wouldn't you have just brought Chase Daniel back and picked up the fifth year option? No, I think you you need a quarterback competition. And I think, I think that this is, he, Matt Nagy is not the, is not the dad who turns the car around and actually goes home. He's just the dad who threatens it. To me, this looks like a, you know, I'm going to hold my breath until I turn blue kind of stuff. This is if you kids, if you kids don't play better quarterback, I'm going to turn the car around. But he never does. I think this was all meant to try to prop up Mitch. And that's the way it goes. Let's I'll tell you what, we, we will continue to discuss this. Let's discuss this with a third party. We will take a break on today's show. Uh, after our break, we'll talk with Mark Potash of the Sun-Times. We'll run all of this by Potsy. At noon, we'll talk with Hub Arkish. We'll get his take on it. And then later on in the show, we'll talk some Cubs, Cards, Big Weekend, you Darvish, you Frisai with Paul Sullivan. We'll also do What Are You Doing, Wagner? Because the mom show, we are the mom show with uh, the president, mom president is Jean Grody, and we have a new vice mom, and she is Alice Studzinski, and she wrote us an email. And we're going to read that email. And that will be part of what are you doing, Wagner? For now, we're doing what are you doing, Matt Nagy? And we'll talk Bears quarterback after this. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bears. And that's what we're doing here. We're speaking of Bears on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago Suckage. And I bring you this tweet from our next guest that just oozes suckage. Over the last 40 years, the Bears, quote, open competitions for the starting QB job have reduced. Kyle Orton in 2008, Shane Matthews 2001, Shane Matthews 1999, Eric Kramer 1997, Jim Harbaugh in 90, Mike Tomczak in 89, Bob Evelini in 82, Mike Phipps, 1979. What did you expect? That tweet comes from our next guest, joining us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park, Mark Potash of the Sun-Times. What did you expect, Mark Potash? Welcome back, and what did you expect? Well, I kind of expected what we got. The only thing unexpected was that the process would be you know, uh, so flawed um, because of circumstances. So nobody, neither quarterback had a chance to be better than the other. If you just, you could just watch practice and see that there was not a process that allowed them to separate. So if you expected one guy to win the job, you know, after the whole COVID thing came through, that you were just setting yourself up for a disappointment. It wasn't going to happen. So, um, yeah, so the, it, made sense to me you know so trubisky makes sense to me it doesn't mean they have a good quarterback but <laughs> based on what based on what we saw it's the, the result is not surprising well wh- why does it make sense to you potsy why do you think that this was the sensible decision i think just because it's logic uh, i think because uh based on the process and 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 what the both players had coming in. Trubisky has the most experience with this offense. He has the most experience with these players. He has the best chemistry with these with these uh, with his this these these teammates. So it just makes sense that he starts the first game, or he starts initially. He's going up against Detroit, the one team he can he absolutely does you know plays well against. And they have the Giants afterwards, and I think the Falcons. I mean, that's the best chance for him. To, that this is the best chance for him to to state his case and to reestablish himself. And then you've got, and if that doesn't work out, you've got a guy who's done his only good work in the NFL as a number two coming off the bench, replacing a starter. So this is his wheelhouse too. So it just to me, it just made sense to, the, uh, to start Trubisky and then and then have Foles to fall back on because that's what they've that's what they've both done. And it, let's put it this way: If you start Foles, you're not. Are you really going to go back to Trubisky? That's going to work out. I don't think so. Uh, we were talking with Mark Potash of the Sun Times, talking Bears quarterback decision. I characterize this as a defensive decision that the coach made. A coach who wants his quarterbacks to be aggressive made a defensive decision, and and in the case that he set up a competition, quote unquote, as you put quote marks around that, and. The guy who was had all kinds of familiarity with the offense, with the players, with this, with that, and set up his, it, you know, made had, uh, set up texting meetings with his guys to go out and throw to, compared to the other guy who was new to everything and still didn't distinguish himself as the clear winner. To me, looks like a defensive move for some of the reasons you mentioned, but also it just looks like this is a, a coach who checks down when he doesn't like his quarterbacks to do that. What do you think, Mark? Well, uh, what 
who, what's the difference? I guess is it would be my question. I don't. I, I think I have a I have a Clinton era poster in my office. It's the offense, stupid, because I think it's more about the offense than the quarterback. I don't think either of these guys is a quarterback who lifts a bad team on his shoulders and elevates it to great status. I think they're both quarterbacks who, with a good offense, can be a good quarterback. They don't have a good offense right now. So I guess my response would be, I would say, what, 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 why would you think that Nick Foles is going to be that much better in any bad offense or developing offense, just to be kind? He's never been very good. He was terrible in St. Louis. We actually saw that and wondered, you know, was this the same guy who strafed the Bears in, in 2013 with the Eagles? So... I just don't think – I think that's the, that's the upshot of of the point of that tweet that I had, the history of the Bears, of, of almost any open competition, is that there really isn't a big – there ends up not being a really big difference. As far as the offense is concerned, beyond the quarterbacks, do you think that there will be any area that is better improved this year? Because really – the only guy that produced last year, like really produced last year, was Allen Robinson. Who will produce beyond Allen Robinson this year? Gee, I, I don't know because, uh, like I said all along, um, tell me what the Bears' running game is going to look like. Tell me what their offensive line is going to look like, and I'll tell you what I think the quarterback is going to look like or the offense is going to look like. The only thing I can see just based on – watching, you know, minimally uh, training camp. We didn't get to see a whole lot. I just think they're good. You know, if I could say one thing, what, what will be different? They're going to use their tight ends more. I, I think <laughs> yes. I told you at, at camp, uh, Mark, I think the Bears, I think the Bears are going to have probably the same amount of tight end catches uh, this year as the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Bears are going to average like 9.2 yards per catch, and the Chiefs are going to average 13.8. I mean, it's in other words, they're, they're going to be an off, a tight end-centric offense or more of a tight end-centric offense this year. But I just don't know if they're going to be good enough to really have that kind of productivity that the Nagy, uh, um, uh, Andy Reid offense uh, has, at least not this year. It's, just, it's, just a, it's going to be a tough, I think it's going to be a tough de- developmental year uh, for the Bears, for the Bears offense. Let me follow up on that really quickly, if you don't mind. Sorry, Steve, um, because, Mark, you, when you and I were watching at one point in time, I know your eyes were opened a little bit by Demetrius Harris and his ability to actually catch catch the football. Um, so there was that. But the guy I want to ask you about is Cole Komet, because anybody that asked me about Cole Komet before we started to watch practices, I said, ah, it's gonna, you know, that's a tough position to learn. It's going to take him a while, maybe week three. Based on what I saw, and as you mentioned, limited time that we saw, I changed my thoughts on that because it seemed like he caught everything that was thrown to him. It appeared to me that he was in the right place when they threw the ball to him. What do you think about Cole Komet right away and the impact he may or may not make? I think he's, you know, it's a, he's an interesting guy because it, it, that he, when you look at him, he looks like he he gets it. He looks like it looks like he's got it. I mean, that's one of those like it almost seems like a false narrative that I am willing to fall for that he actually as a rookie <laughs> might be good. I'm, I yes. mean, I'm just I yes. allow myself. I don't buy, you know, somebody being in great shape uh, or, or losing weight or or any of these right. narratives that you hear that sound so good in training camp, but <laughs> never come to fruition 
and never become anything in the season. But Cole Komet, for some reason, I have to admit, I'm a sucker for that. I'm, I'm falling for that. I will fall for that, the idea that he will be better than you would think a rookie tight end could be in this offense. Because in theory and, and historically, a rookie tight end really, it's just so many nuances uh, to being productive in this offense for a tight end that, that they generally don't. But I don't know, he just, there's something about him He's got. A, he just. He looks the part. I think that's what somebody said originally. It was he just looks the part, and that looks uh, as false narratives go in training camp. That looks like the most real. Wow! Now we're ranking false narratives. I love that. <laughs> it's the Bears, Steve. Come on. I know it is. That's all you got to hold on to. It's smoke. Uh, we're talking with Mark Potter of the Sun Times, talking Bears football. One of the reasons I thought Foles would be named the starter is this: that. Matt Nagy loves himself his own damn playbook. He loves it a lot. With Mitch Trubisky, he had to die, you know, cut half of it, throw half of it out. And he knew, and the other coaches knew, that Nick Foles could run a greater part of the playbook. And I was very surprised he didn't go that way. And I don't know if that factored into it, if there was any talk of that. What do you think about that idea, Mark? Well, I, I think it makes sense, but I think you still have to have a full-functioning offense for, for, for Foles to actually be productive. And I think I, I would say, I would argue that one of the reasons he had to throw out the uh, half the playbook or whatever for Trubisky last year, because he didn't have an offense. He didn't have an offensive line. He didn't really have, he didn't have a running game. And frankly, he was a second-year coach who really didn't know how to handle that situation. You know, like, you know, calling a running game and sticking with a running game and things like that. And, and he, you know, I, I don't mean to get off track here, but I think, I think Nagy is more on the spot than either quarterback this year, so so I think it, so I would contend that it's this is not so much a quarterback issue, and uh, and I would say that Trubisky still has a chance to be a productive quarterback, but he needs to have a full functioning offense, and and they don't have that. That's Matt Nagy's job. That's why I guess I'm not many people agree with me on this, but I just think this whole season is more about Matt Nagy than anything else. All right. Well, that said, how long does Trubisky get? If he struggles in the first half in Detroit, do they do they pull him at the half, or do they just say you get this first game period, play through it, then we'll reevaluate? Well, that, that's a great question. You know, I asked uh, I, I asked uh, uh, um, Nagy uh, kind of I tried to uh, last week. Like, do you have because of the way the season gone, no preseason, really training camp. There were very few even long drives and, and scrimmages and things like that. They really have no idea. I asked him, do you have to see both quarterbacks at full speed, game speed? to really know who's better. In other words, just like you're saying, do you have to, like, in effect, see one quarterback in one half, the other in the other half, or one in one game, the other in another? And he really kind of talked around it, didn't disregard it, but it just didn't sound like that was his thing. That said, I think the leash is short. I'll say that. Um, I think it's very likely that both quarterbacks start, um, and, uh, and, uh, and I think, I think if I, let's put it this way, I think eventually he will have to see both quarterbacks at game speed in the regular season to know exactly what he's got. I think that's the best way I can answer that question. We're talking with Mark Potash of the Sun-Times, talking Bears football here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. Mark, I, I kind of shuddered when I read this quote, so maybe you can um, make it better. Maybe you can make it worse, but let me know what you think of this. When Negi is talking about Trubisky... And he, he complimented him on not being on not flushing himself out of the pocket when he's not forced to, and and not running and staying in the pocket. And that's what they've been teaching. That's what they've been coaching. 
They want him to see down the field. They, they want him to throw the middle of the field. Now, this sounds terribly familiar, like the season opener against Green Bay, and it all went wrong, and it looked ugly, trying to make a pocket passer out of a guy who doesn't want to be there. Now, I shuddered when I read this. I thought, I've, I've seen this movie before. There will be blood. It does not end happily. Am I right? <laughs> Am I wrong to be afraid? I mean, what... what what should I make of this in real life? You're there. Uh, Tell me. Uh, Steve, I, I think you're kind of right on there because in kind of a little different sense. I think, I think uh, Matt is really struggling to find positives in Trubisky. I think whenever we asked him, you can just tell. I mean, we've seen, we've seen uh, Nagy previously, especially his first year, when things were going much better, and the answers were much clearer. He was much uh, more, I wouldn't say succinct, but just it was just clearer. And now you can tell as last year kind of ensued and Trubisky, the thing wasn't working out, uh, he really struggled. But, you know, the thing is, he just won't say, I don't know, and leave it at that. He will always answer uh, somewhat verbosely, I guess, or with, you know, very, uh, you know, he will always give you an answer. I mean, he's just trying to be a nice guy. He's trying to give you an answer. He knows what we want. So, but, but when he doesn't have an answer, it just kind of goes in circles. And I think that to me, that's a byproduct of that, that quote, the whole idea is he's trying to find something positive to say about him and he's not going to denigrate one quarterback or the other. And, and, uh, and so that, so basically I wouldn't say it goes in one ear out the other, but I just take it with a grain of salt, I guess, that, that kind of stuff. It, it, that doesn't scare me more than just the whole idea that they really don't have an offense right now. And and kind of to that point, we don't know if Detroit and the Giants have a defense either. You know what I mean? So we don't know what other teams are doing in this situation because I think a lot of the Bears' offensive kind of uh, struggles in the that, – that, the, the Bears not looking good on offense in the preseason, I think, is a lot is is because it's just been such an awkward off season. It hasn't been standard, so we don't know what other teams are doing as well. So you've also, I, frankly, in fairness, I think you had to consider that too. What are some of these other mediocre, struggling teams doing uh, that the Bears are going to be playing? That that kind of makes Week One, I think, the most interesting Week One I've ever I can ever remember in the NFL. I just think it's going to be there could be wild fluctuations, big. Uh, big uh, disparities in scores, and it could just, it's just going to be very interesting, a huge X factor going into week one. Yeah, it's interesting, and I know it's the NFL, so it's so volatile, but the Bears' first six games are against teams which were under 500 last year, and that does include Tampa Bay, which is obviously a vastly different team this year. But Potsy, I want to ask you about the offensive line because they were not good last year. And they make one big change, and that is Jermaine Effetti coming in at guard over Rashad Coward. We saw Coward and Alex Barras working out at tackle. How patient do you think they will be with the offensive line before we might see changes in either the configuration or personnel on the O-line this year? I think they're going to die with that offensive line, Mark, to tell you the truth. I think it's just the nature of an offensive line that you kind of get your group and, and you stick with it. And they had a bigger change, you know. Juan Castillo for Harry Easton, I think, was even it was the biggest change, maybe the biggest change of all on offense, um, uh, including the quarterback, perhaps. I mean, you could argue that. I think uh, um, because what difference can an offensive line coach make? And also now they're kind of learning kind of new stuff, I guess. And and how how well they take to that. So to answer your question, I really I don't know I don't know you know how they're going to handle it. I just think that. Um, I don't think they're going to blow this thing up. Uh, they don't have a lot of options on the offensive line, you know, 
Fetty will probably end up being like one of the least of their problems. To tell you the truth, I think he looks pretty good, and I think he's in a good position to guard to kind of fit in in, in that line. I don't, I don't think that will be a big issue. It could be, but 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 to answer your question, offensive line, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they have a lot of room for movement unless they get in a situation where they are rebuild, totally rebuilding, and not and not considered a playoff team. Then they might try some young, you know, some younger players. But I think they're going to, like I said, that's that's kind of a hill they're going to die on. That the offensive line, I think it's a huge part of the season, and a huge question mark, X factor. I mean, whatever you want to put, it's a, it's a, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. Talking with Mark Potash of the Sun Times, talking Bears football. I, I it, last, you, Mark, he gave us the next excuse, but it's sort of like an old excuse. Because Matt Nagy is, while we didn't get to see this quarterback competition in games, Matt Nagy's not used to putting his players in games. He uses the first month of the NFL season to get his offense in shape, get his team in shape. That's the excuse for keeping Mitch in there for as long as he wants to keep Mitch in there, especially against bad teams. I don't know that there's any urgency, and maybe it'll come down. Maybe we'll see some urgency if he actually relies on and sticks to a running game to make any quarterback better. I don't know where the balance is between that, but I know that Matt Nagy has failed miserably with finding that balance and, and embracing that. But he's used to making excuses for bad offensive play because he won't put his guys in pre he never put his guys in preseason games. So I think we're heading towards that again, which sounds I'm kind of frustrated anticipating that, right? Yeah. Wrong or am I off uh, No, I, I agree. I think he's probably frustrated because last year um, he didn't. He, he he voluntarily did not play his starters in the preseason, and then realized it was a mistake. And then then he said, "Okay, I'm going to." You know, he actually did something NFL coaches don't often do easily. He admitted a mistake and said, "Okay, I'm going to play our star- the starters in, in the preseason." And then there was no preseason, so that's frustrating for him. But I, I I don't I disagree on the on the subject of urgency. I think there will be I think Matt Nagy will feel an urgency very quickly if they stumble out of the gate, especially with this schedule. And I think he will do whatever he can. Um, you know, to get this thing right, because I think he understands that in the NFL, you know, there are no mulligans. You know, you, you're, th- this season will not be. I don't think it. it well, we don't know what the McCaskies think, so I have to. I can't really say that, but it's <laughs> unlikely. Or it's it's possible that that uh, that that there will not be extenuating circumstances this season, and and uh, and, and jobs could be on the line. Uh, you know, uh, not just the you know the head coach, the general manager, whatever, based on what happens this season, could be. Again, we don't know exactly what. Uh, you know what George McCaskey and, and Ted Phillips are thinking along those lines, but but no, I think he will. But regardless, I think he will feel an urgency pretty quickly. Um, uh, you know, to to get the thing right. So I, I don't think he will hesitate at all to make changes. Um, but going back to the original thing, though, I mean, this is huge for him. He's, you know, he was not good last year. Now I'm talking about Matt Nagy. He's got to be better this year. But that's something we really don't see in the preseason or offseason either. So that's, again, another X factor that really makes this kind of an interesting telltale season for Matt Nagy. Steve, a lot of times when Mark Potash and I are standing on the sidelines watching practice, we like to do pretend sports talk radio where we just get things off our chest. Usually it's me asking Potash what's on his mind, what does he need to talk about. So, so Potsy, is there anything, whether it is the Bears, maybe you, Darvish, and the Cubs. therapy. Yeah, maybe the White Sox and Jose Abreu. Anything that is just popping in your brain today that you need to get off your chest on 50,000 watts of radio that maybe you wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to do? 
Well, Mark, you've done the worst thing you could do. You put me on the spot. Well, Mark, the I worst knew thing. it. Talk about you I put me it. in a position to lose. That's bad coaching. <laughs> That's why I made the question so long. I was trying to just, okay, you Darvish last night, 11 strikeouts and no walks. Yeah. Wilson Contreras was great. Uh, hey, seven inning doubleheaders. What do you think of seven inning doubleheaders? Because the Cubs right. have two of them this weekend. What do you think I of those? Hate, Go. I hate seven inning doubleheaders. The only I hate worse. I hate worse than seven inning doubleheaders as a runner on second to start the extra innings. So uh, you know I hate five inning starts. I mean, but I'm old. I'm old. I'm 61. I'm I'm old school, and I've been through this so many times now with people that I've kind of given up on trying to stick to my guns on this, and I've just said, okay, have your fourth inning bat flips. Go ahead. That that that's your game. That enjoy it, enjoy it, and I'll I'll live back in 1968 uh, with the two hour games and pitchers. Throwing 150 pitches and nine innings and 300 innings uh, and blah blah blah. Tom right. Seaver style, yeah, so right? I'm not going to get on that train. I don't want to get. I don't want to start that argument because I'm going to lose it every time. But no, look at that! All, look at that! You you just you thought you were in a position to lose and you just came strong, Potsy. See, and there's going to be a ton of people that are going to agree with you. Believe it or not. Well, just don't get me started. We'll be here all morning. <laughs> no, we're we're all going to get off your lawn, Mark. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Look forward to having you back. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Steve. Good to talk to you guys. See you, you man. Mark Potash, Chicago Sun-Times. Always a lot of fun. Always. A... So that, there you go. Sideline, on the radio, Sports Talk Radio all the time. So we're going to, while we get off Mark's lawn, we'll prepare to bring in Habarkish and get his view on this, the inexcusable Matt, Mitch Trubisky starting a Bears quarterback. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, no! We suck again! Yeah. So what's your point? We do. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosen, Lou Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Saturday Suckage, coming up top of the hour, we will talk with Habarkish. Score senior football expert. I wonder if he doesn't like the senior part. It's kind of unavoidable for all of us at this point in our lives. We're seniors no matter what. But I think it's actually be... senior. It's senior <laughs> is what he prefers. Senior, yeah. Correct. So, you can always just say a... NFL insider. Score NFL, NFL insider. insider. Right, NFL insider. Okay, well, anything else? Is Shaw Media Master, the pro football weekly Uber editor? Oh, he he, ha- he and I have something very much in common that for one year, he and I will not be on the sidelines because Hub also a sideline reporter for Westwood One. I'm the sideline reporter for the Chicago Bears, but um, no sideline reporters allowed on the sidelines this year. <laughs> Hard to have sideline reporters. Right. It? When you're not allowed on the sidelines. Yeah, you know that's I, I sorry for that because I know that affects you directly, but also the the in the greater world for what you do, sideline reporting is also during the week reporting for the score, but sideline reporting the day of game reporting, working with Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer on the WBBM broadcast, but also the post game stuff because I just think you're terrific at that and I think it's a great opportunity and I suspect that will be limited to Zoom stuff too. That will also, Bears fans who listen on the radio will be missing that and I'm one of those people. 
I appreciate that. And yeah, I will too, because one of the, I guess one of my favorite parts about doing the sidelines was that first off the field interview, whether it was a win or a loss. And obviously it is much better when they would win and <laughs> yes, just getting those, right. Just getting those first <laughs> few words from whomever had the, the best game. That was always a blast getting the, the first conversation with the starting quarterback and then right the entire locker room show and there will be some form of that and i will have some form of not a mark brody in a northwestern medicine sideline report <laughs> hey cordero can i get a couple minutes with you here man, uh, man i ain't even talking today man i'm sorry okay <laughs> <laughs> See, wow, I miss ready? that kind of interaction. Oh, man. Cordero made it up to me, though, man. He didn't, uh, you know, he when he talks, he's fantastic, but he doesn't talk a lot, and he was good enough to give me some one-on-one conversations after that. But, uh, yeah, that was an uncomfortable moment in the side. Yeah, hey, man, you got to be ready for anything when you're a side reporter in terms of the live action and the in-the-adrenaline moment, whether it's off the field or in the locker room, so I will miss that. There will be, and I, I don't know if I'm, I, I don't know if I'm at liberty to, to discuss everything, but there will be some things that um, I will be able to still do, but it's just not going to be from the sidelines. So I will not be traveling. That is that is true. So you know that's one part of it. So every other week it will affect my pocketbook, but um, home games will be a slightly different story. And obviously we're doing everything that we can do safely as far as the broadcast team is concerned. But I'll let that play out and not spoil any of the surprises. Okay, then I won't go further with my questioning. I did have an idea. But we I, I do have a 513 texter. Our text number is the same as our phone number that our the Jim from Lakeview, who became the first breaking, I think the earliest breaking caller where we played the alert, 312-644-6767, both phone number and text line number. Our text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And the 513 texter said, don't stop with caller intros and pregames. What about postgames, like you said, Mark, and promos and sponsors? We should create caller revenue streams. Absolutely. Always yeah. looking for extra revenue for everybody. You know? I don't know um, how we have not had a, a vape sponsor after for the vapor trails that uh, or the vape trails that Toby leaves. I don't know how we've missed out on on that, but I, I think that's a wonderful idea for creating new revenue streams. We're available. <laughs> yes, we are. Well, God, there's this, this call from Toby. Toby sponsored by we can have caller sponsors. Right, and then Studzinski does his little pregame show for the caller. Guys, I think that this person agrees a little bit more with Grody than Rosenblum. Let's give it a try. I was trying to set you guys up, you know. I'm just saying, like, I was trying to lead you guys into the call properly. Right, and that's the the right way to run a a caller pregame show because this is a little uncharted territory at times, isn't it? Well, because normally, normally there would be, you know, a note on the call screener that says what the person's talking about. And uh-huh. so that's what I would have put on the call screener for you guys in this case. There's nothing wrong. Well, we with don't what need that. Did. We're we're better than other hosts. We don't need the little <laughs> no, intro up we there. Suck. We're ready to go off the top of our heads. We don't need the warm up. You know what I'm saying? 
I want the warm-up. I want I want studs walking them up. If we can't have walk-up music for callers, like we have, we let guests choose their own. Should we let callers choose their own walk-up music? No, we gave them walk-up music. We gave studs found the 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 breaking caller alert sound. So. No, I was gonna say we're starting to sound like a lot of work here. So it's, it's yeah, I was gonna down. say every every producer so, is hiccuping right now. No, 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 no. We don't have time for that crap. <laughs> Oh, we only have to worry about it once a week, so I don't mind putting blood in the urine of other producers. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a break, and when we come back, we'll sober up and talk football with Hubarkus the about the inexcusable Mitch Trubisky. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Over there is Trash Panda. This, this inevitably is Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 